Hello and welcome to Open Room Talks, a podcast which draws on open room events experiencing connecting people to bring you quality discussions between industry experts, innovative suppliers, and high-powered end users on pertinent issues in a variety of sectors. Hello, everybody. Very pleased to be back with you for another installment of Open Room Talks. Joining me on the show today, I have Sin Hin Wong and Mark McKenzie. Sin Hin joined PDI as the general manager and VP of sales for APAC in 2018. As an established senior leader in the retail and hospitality industries, he brings more than 20 years of technology-focused senior leadership and consulting expertise. Focused on regional and multinational corporations, he redefines retail success and customer experience through analytics and consumer insights. Before joining PDI, Sin Hin led Retail Next Business in APAC and served as regional director responsible for the Radiant Systems Retail and Hospitality Business in Asia for NCR. Mark McKenzie has worked in a variety of senior public affairs and commercial roles throughout his career, largely in and around the Australian fuels and automotive industry. He's currently the CEO of the Australasian Convenience and Petroleum Marketers Association, the national peak body in Australia that represents the interests of the fuel businesses that operate in the end stream of the fuel industry supply chain, that is between refinery gate through to the petrol pump. ACA PMA's members perform an estimated 95% of the Australian wholesale task and operate just over 74% of the nation's 7,080 service stations. In addition to his role with the ACA PMA, Mark currently holds a variety of board and government advisory committee roles relating to the transport and logistics industry, alternative fuels and vehicle strategy, digital transformation, higher education research, and the Australian workplace skills arena. Sin Hin and Mark will have a discussion about how technology can be pivotal in helping retailers in Australia, New Zealand, and Southeast Asia to be prepared for the transformation of the petroleum and convenience retail landscape looking to 2030 and beyond. They're going to start with a short follow-up from the presentation uh, Mark gave at the Refuel Forum APAC in Singapore. So, gents, thank you once again for joining us on the show. The floor is all yours. Thank you so much, Kiana. Hey, Mark, it's so good to reconnect with you again, right? I mean, after what, over two years because of the pandemic, it's good to see you in person um, in June at Refuel Forum. I really enjoyed the conversation that you and I had. Uh, Love your presentation. Very insightful. I love the fact that you kind of painted the landscape and gave everybody a quick overview of, you know, the current state of the retail environment for petroleum convenience in Australia. Um, as I kind of sat there and pondered when you did the presentation, I thought, you know, there were a lot of key points that you made was extremely insightful and something that we could resonate really, really well, you know, in our part of the world. And the other portion that I thought was very interesting was you actually didn't kind of leave the audience with, you know, the data, the trends, but you also kind of shared about, you know, the, a strategic framework on how the patrolling convenience retailers to start, need to start to think about 2030 and beyond. I thought that was very, very helpful. You know, um, just out of curiosity, Mark, you know, as you kind of lay out that framework, I'm sure that you have a lot of conversation with the retailers in Australia, New Zealand market. What's the percentage or, you know, level of uh, adoptions or retailers are embracing that framework and starting to look beyond 2030? 
Yeah, g'day, Sinhin. It was a pleasure to join you and, and all the um, the businesses in the region for Refuel APAC in Singapore recently and, and great to be joining you as part of the conversation. PDI plays such a key role in our industry and I think one of the, the touch points we had when we were talking in Singapore was the sense that going forward, you know, the role of technology in organisations like yours are going to be crucial to the success of fuel retail businesses in our region, not just in Australia, and in fact, not just in Europe and North America, but particularly the Asia-Pacific region where there's a real opportunity that sits in front of us. Um, as you indicated, you know, when it first opened the forum, you know, we, we did the normal things you'd do, which is to sort of say, well, let's look back on the last two years, what happened? And I think most of us are sort of shaking our heads to sort of say, if I was to say to the fuel industry back in 2018 that globally we would see a 45 to 50% reduction in demand for fuel and oil products, but that we would come out of the other end okay, I think most people would have looked at me as if I was a madman. You know, but so we, we started that presentation very much around saying what's happened post COVID. And I think a lot of businesses are focusing on that traditional business. And certainly that's been a case of Australia of how do I, how quickly is my fuel business actually recovering? But what we pointed out at the refuel forum in Singapore is you've also got a situation here where we've actually got to treat the last two years as a bit of a reset for our industry globally. We've got some big changes coming at us, um, particularly things like electrical uh, innovation in the fleet and the, the uptake of electric vehicles. We've got hydrogen fuel cell vehicles over the horizon. They potentially represent a threat to our core business. And the way forward for a lot of our sites is very much looking at that whole P&C space, the petroleum and convenience space, and what does that mean? And and how might my business and my industry involve, evolve over the next five to 10 years, as you indicated, um, to effectively ensure that those businesses remain viable? I, I mean, I, I don't buy into the sense that we are going to see our industry completely swallowed up by EVs. We've got a lot of petrol and diesel legacy vehicles, and they're going to be in the fleet for at least the next 15 to 20 years. So the key and one of the points we put on the on the conversation we had at the Refuel Forum is the challenge for us is we're going to have to evolve again. We're going to have to diversify our forecourt so that we're looking after the legacy fuels, but we're also accommodating the changing technology that's actually coming into our marketplace. Um, particularly electric vehicles and fuel cell vehicles. And one of the things we've been looking at at ACATMA for the last eight years is what does that mean for the P&C side of the business, particularly the convenience side of the business? So as you indicated, we, we talked through a strategic framework for that change, and it's really got four pillars. Um, the first of those pillars is looking at how we're seeing changes in consumer expectations and behaviours and there's really two dimensions of this in him. The first is what consumers want, so what they generally say they want, but also the behaviours they're exhibiting, because often they're, they're quite different. Um, so people talk about they want healthy foods, but when they walk into our stores, they typically buy all the unhealthy foods because that's something that makes them feel, um, I suppose, comfortable with the environments they're actually in. But we're seeing a very strong focus in terms of consumers wanting on-demand everything. In a post-COVID environment, they want everything now. They want that in a seamless way. And effectively, the key in that area is for businesses to be able to deal not just within the face-to-face, -face, but also in terms of the digital space and the digital ecosystem. 
and to have a presence in that area. So we're seeing very strong levels of digital adoption and our industry is going to have to adapt to that. Um, we're also seeing changes in eating and food prep habits, preparation habits that very much have been reshaped by what's happened through COVID. And the sharing economy, if we go back five years, six years, and you talk about the idea that people would be using Uber and Gigi and other things to actually travel around, that's, it's very different now in a post-COVID environment. So we've been doing a lot of work around how are consumer expectations and behaviours changing and what does that mean for a PNC store? And then you recall seeing the other three things we talked about were the retail shifts in innovation. So uh, very important for businesses now is what we call an omni-channel focus. So this isn't um, really about just having a digital channel, but it means that our customers now are going to touch us in a range of different ways and our business has to present a seamless image, whether that be email communications, website communications, face-to-face communications, um, or general website, and we need to present a cohesive image of the business in all of those channels because the chances are the customers will look at our business through various channels. We talked about the growth of some of the smaller format retailing, which is actually really starting to appear, and that's been a big thing of COVID as people have shied away from the very large format stores where you know, there's always been this risk of contagion. Um, and the fact that we've really seen digitization in a whole new way, it's been effectively turbocharged as a result of what we've seen through COVID. And so as our businesses are moving through, they've really got to move into that space. And then we, we talk about the third pillar, which is really mobility trends and fuel shifts. So this change where we're going to see some demand destruction that's going to come from EVs. And the question really is, well, what role will the PNC uh, outlets, the fuel stations in outlets play in recharging because the vast majority of thinking is a lot of that charge is going to occur away from our networks, but we will still be in a position where we'll be providing some of those services into the future. Um, But so really things looking at um, the shift towards autonomous vehicle innovation, that's been an area that I suppose for our industry has been a bit of a sleeper. If I look at pre and post COVID, there's been significant developments in autonomous vehicles and we're going to have to be conscious of those self-drive vehicles. Where will they live? No one might own them. Where will they live? Who will actually um, park those vehicles, clean those vehicles, do the flash upgrades, which are the sort of thing that you get for cellular phones? Those, those vehicles will need to be maintained. Is there an opportunity for our businesses to participate in that agenda? And then the last one is really looking at the uh, competitive shifts that are occurring in the convenience landscape. So we're seeing a lot of next generation C-store form- formats where you've got personless checkout services, automated shelves. Um, Amazon have been doing some work with their smaller store formats. We're seeing a whole lot of convenience store businesses actually play around with the idea of we go to self-checkout. Um, that's been an area that's been developing quite significantly in China, for instance, and we've actually started to see those formats in places like Singapore, um, where you've got these sort of kiosk-style facilities. And so that brings some new trends as well. So really, they're the four shifts, um, Sinhin, that we talked about. And I suppose the goal within that is how do we navigate that as an industry? And that's where we've been spending our time um, as a CAPMA. And I suppose from your perspective, if I think about, well, that's what we've been doing in Australia, I'm curious as to see whether you've been observing similar trends occurring in the wider uh, Asia-Pacific region. 
You know, that's a good point, right? I mean, I think it was, uh, it was interesting that you kind of make a couple of comments. Number one, you talk a little bit about the reset. I think there was a common trend that obviously there are some similarities in terms of what you just described as part of the pivoting that, uh, you know, a lot of the, you know, fuel and convenience retailers that I've spoken to in our part of the world, be it for international oil company or national oil companies. I guess I use the word pivot simply because we are probably at the early stage, right? I mean, um, in terms of what they think about the future, I think a couple of retailers that I've spoken to after the refuel forum and listened to your presentation, it's definitely, there's no doubt in everybody's mind that, you know, those four pillars that you described are incredibly important. But then the big question is at what stage of the business or the journey they are at the current moment, right? I think if you kind of look at where we are today in our part of the world, basically outside of Australia and New Zealand, uh, mainly in Southeast Asia, a lot of the fuel retailers are still scrambling with their legacy solutions, right? People are, while they're acknowledging and recognizing the need to pivot, but they do not think that they are there unless they're able to, you know, move away from the current legacy platform to the next generation platform. But I guess the common theme is this. EV is important, but they do not believe that there will be an immediate ROI over the next five to 10 years, but there's a need to embark on EV. I think that's critical. But I think a lot of focus of the fuel retailers right now is to basically say, can I be less fuel dependent and move away from you know, the fuel sales into what they call the non-fuel sales, right? And what does it really mean from a technology standpoint I guess when I kind of sit down and talk to a couple of customers and I thought it was very interesting that I had a dinner last night, I spent two hours with one of the major oil companies. They were kind of like, you know, ahead of the game, but at the same time, they feel that they are a laggard in the industry simply because they felt that there's a lot of business strategy and objectives that are driving, but they're just not moving fast enough because simply because when they kind of look at what they have from the technology standpoint and platform standpoint, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. So let me give an example. One of the conversations that was being brought up was point of sales, right? I mean, I, if you kind of look around the region, a lot of uh, you know, oil companies or even fuel retailers or even convenience retailers are looking at replacing their point of sales, right? But from their perspective, a point of sales is a point of sales. You know, at the end of the day, it helps to drive enterprise productivity, but it doesn't help you to transform, right? I mean, to your point, when you talk about autonomous vehicle, you talk about you know, consumers, what they really want. But I guess the pivot of the focus is not just about moving the business from non-fuel, sorry, from fuel to non-fuel, but also to kind of look at exactly what the point of sales or technology platform can do beyond that, right? Literally, how to future-proof the business. Because the last thing you want as a business is to invest in a technology platform today and become obsolete five years down the road, right? So yep. the agility needs to be there, right? I mean, and then the functionalities needs to be there. When you talk about functionality, it simply means that you got to provide that simplicity to allow operators to operate in an environment that literally kind of give them and the, the pace that they need to get to the next level uh, beyond you know, uh, their current state. But I think more importantly is about scalability. And when they talk about scalability, I thought it was very, very interesting. I think traditionally, when we talk to our customers in the petrol and convenience retail, when they talk about scalability, they tend to talk about volume. They talk about size of the network. But today, they talk about scalability in terms of, you know, what can the point of sales do for me to drive exceptional customer experience, right? Literally, the focus and the line of sight now is all about the customers. Doesn't matter whether I go into non-fuel, I go to, 
you know, more into food or more into autonomous vehicle or EV. But at the end of the day, it's about what my customer needs. Exactly to the point that you brought up. You know, sometimes when you ask a customer what they want, what they tell you is may not be exactly what they want. So there's a lot of data and insights that needs to kind of be built in. So just to kind of sum up what I just said, you know, based on, you know, what you just shared, certainly there are common trends that we're seeing, they are concerned, you know, but I guess their guiding principle in terms of looking at technology platform to get them to the next level is agility, right? Uh, simplicity as well as, you know, um, the scalability side of it. Yeah, look, you're spot on there, Sinhin, and I'll just focus on the word you finished up there with agility, and this is the message we've been pushing through. So, yes, electric vehicles are coming. Yes, fuel cell electric vehicles are actually coming, but that's going to be a slow burn. This is not going to be revolutionary. This is going to be evolutionary. So the challenge for fuel and convenience businesses is to keep pace, not to get ahead of demand, because the challenge here is you run through and convert your entire forecourt to EVs and you try and shift your business into non-fuel business. If you do that now, you're going to get lost because effectively that's not where the market is. The vast majority is still conventional fuels and they still see our sites as being fuel businesses. Um, equally, you don't want to be sitting at the starting line when the whole market is actually changing. So it is about agility. It is about being tapped into what the market is currently doing and adjusting your business on an incremental basis. And I think one of the things that we talk through, what it really means for business is it doesn't mean that you've instantly got to convert your entire business and change the way it's actually positioned in the market. But what you do need to be doing now is capturing the market intelligence. And if we think about... Um, what that means, the number one issue is to actually make sure that we understand how consumer patterns are changing. And the role in that, as you say, is the point of sale. To go automatically to a point of sale process if you have not collected enough data and customer intelligence is, is absolutely risky. So what we should be doing and what we're doing in this country at the moment is we're working with businesses where they're starting to look at smart platforms in that point of sale area that are capturing information around what is actually happening, what's happening with the foot traffic through the shop, the foot traffic through the forecourt, capturing intelligence so that we understand what the customer is actually doing. I think there's a real risk in our industry because we've got significant assets that we can get carried away with the religious fervour of the alternative fuels discussion. But that's some way off in terms of really seeing that change at a macro level. So we've got the time to put in place the processes to look at the technological solutions that will increase the capacity of the business to better understand what the customer is actually doing and then to utilise that in determining how quickly you move. And I think the key message that we talked about in Singapore is the sense now is we need to be starting to think about how we'll diversify our offerings in the future but we need to be using point-of-sale information, intelligence, information about what the customers are doing to make sure that we don't get too far ahead of the customer and equally we don't fall behind where the customer is. So coming back to your point, agility is spot on, Sinhin. That's really what businesses need to be looking at. And there's a whole suite of solutions now, including those provided by PDI, that will actually assist with that process. You know, just to build on what you just said, right, Mark, I thought it's also important to kind of emphasize, you know, if we were to look at the industry in general, innovation is going to be key, right? When you talk about innovation, it's not just about technology innovations, but to what you have just described, you know, I would like to kind of sum up into three areas, right? It's innovation, 
number one, on the technology platform, but the other part of it is obviously building domain knowledge, the right level domain knowledge across the board, you know, and, uh, and then more importantly, to ensure that we have the right level of mindsets, right? In order to kind of drive that whole innovations, because at the end of the day, you can have a fair amount of agility, but if you do not kind of focus on building the right innovations and the ecosystems to help you to kind of build and propel, you know, the, the business forward, you're going to struggle literally in terms of meeting up the strategic framework on leading and changing the business directions, right? So I, I think it is important uh, that from the technology perspective, that's an area that we need to look at. But again, the other part that I thought was very interesting, Mark, and I'm not sure if you've seen this, but you know, sustainability starting to become a common conversation among um, you know, the fewer and convenience retailers. In our part of the world, you know, a lot of uh, national oil companies, for example, are definitely looking at the international oil companies when it comes to sustainability, mapping out the sustainability roadmap. But a lot of them, when I kind of spoke to them, a lot of them aspire to be. And I'm not sure exactly how sustainability kind of play a part, right? As you kind of talk through all the four pillars and then how do you kind of bring all these agility and innovation together? Because obviously sustainability adds a little bit of complexity, you know, to the way how we rethink and reimagine the future, right, of our industry. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And, and I'd, I'd highlight the fact that innovation capability is essential for agility, as you rightly identified. But sustainability is an interesting one in that it tends to be reduced down to greenhouse emissions, whereas sustainability is so much more than that. And there is only so much that we in the end stream, so fuel, petrol and convenience businesses can actually do because the majority of that is going to be dependent upon uh, what happens with the vehicle fleet, new technology adoption within the vehicle fleet, what the big oil companies are actually doing in terms of their transition. I mean, green hydrogen is a case in point where there's a lot of work being done by the global energy industry and the oil companies are tied up with all of that. But if I get bound down to sustainability in Australia, we, we've started to look at it on the basis of things like packaging. We have a huge amount of packaging that we actually produce. If we think about our prepared food, we look at the energy use on the forecourts that are actually occurring at the moment. Um, often the opportunity to reduce the carbon footprint or the energy use of your sites by taking advantage of things like renewable energy generation and others, there's a significant opportunity there and it's also a cost saving for the business. But the other area that is has been one that really has caught us by surprise in HIN is the issues of managing waste and the waste produced by our industries, uh, looking at ways by which more of that can actually be recycled, starting to look at minimising the packaging that's actually coming into our stores so that we're minimising the amount that actually has to be disposed of. And once again, that's got an environmental benefit in terms of minimising waste to landfill, but it's also got a benefit in terms of minimising your, um, your disposal costs. So within that end, there's a lot of work being done, not just on the forecourt in terms of the energy that we're actually selling, whether that be green hydrogen or green electricity that's developed by renewables, but also looking at the business in terms of the energy consumption of things like uh, cold equipment, um, cooking equipment, looking at lighting that's actually used, as well as starting to look at things like disposable of, of waste as a result of the convenience inputs. And as we go further and further into non-fuel offerings, uh, the capacity to generate more waste, and that's what we've seen in our industry over the last 10 years, is significant. So that becomes a burden where a core goal of sustainability is seeking to minimise that as much as possible. No, that's, that's a very good point, right? I mean, certainly within PDI, we are 
starting to look at sustainability in a very serious manner and exactly what it means from the technology investment and innovations from our end. Uh, I'm not sure you read about this, Mark, but uh, in March early this year, we acquired a company called Greenprint that literally enabled PDI to literally build a sustainability practice and solutions. I think that's the first step. I don't think we're there yet, you know, to the way how you kind of describe it as like having a total sustainability solution offering to assist and enable our customers to achieve their sustainability mission. But certainly this is a big step, right? That literally allows, you know, our customers to look at ways to, you know, offset their carbon footprint as and when they feel. I think that's, that's an important bit of it. And, um, and we certainly feel that, you know, sustainability is going to be a long haul. It's going to be a long haul journey for all of us. Um, and certainly from an investment and technology front, we want to make sure that, you know, we have sustainability being the core components or elements, right? That literally being captured across the board. It's not just about technology platform, but building sustainability across the different technology stacks as we kind of bring to the market and looking from the innovation perspective. You know, Mark, I really enjoy all the conversation that you and I have. And, uh, you know, it's, it's always amazing that each time when I speak to you, there's so much to learn from you, right? I mean, and I certainly look forward, you know, to meet up with you in person, um, you know, hopefully in uh, APFI Summit in Adelaide. So it's going to be really, really exciting. And, and thank you so much again, Mark, right? You know, uh, to have this opportunity to speak to you uh, in person and, uh, you know, to kind of pick your brain in terms of the evolutions and the landscape of the, uh, you know, of the industry. Now, look, a pleasure seeing here, and I look forward to seeing you in Adelaide if you can actually make it the trip. I was very much aware of um, PDI's green print acquisition, and congratulations on that. That's a great step forward. I think really to sum up here, as an industry, we're dealing with the winds of change. They're fairly significant. But we need to remember that that's going to be an evolutionary journey, not revolutionary. And taking advantage of the technology services and the sustainability services that are available through companies like yours are key to businesses actually navigating the landscape uh, in the next 10 to 15 years. So pleasure to join you. I look forward to next time we meet. Sinhin, Mark, thank you so much for that fascinating discussion. Uh, if you, the listener, enjoyed what you heard today and are interested in hearing similar talks covering the very latest in the fuel retail and convenience industry, then we welcome you to join us at the next Refuel Forum APAC taking place in Bangkok on March 27th to 28th, 2023. For inquiries, please feel free to reach out to the Open Room team via email at hello at openroomevents.com. Thank you all for listening. And Sin Hin, Mark, thank you once again for sharing your insights. Thank you for tuning in to Open Room Talks. We hope that you've enjoyed the episode. For inquiries, please feel free to get in touch via email on hello at openroomevents.com. For details on future episodes, please follow us on LinkedIn or visit openroomevents.com. Until next time.